As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets. Now here are your hosts, Tim McMaster and Connor Hughes. Listen safely. Can't wait! This episode of Can't Wait is presented by BetMGM, the exclusive betting partner of The Athletic. Sign up at BetMGM.com using the promo code THEATHLETICPOD. We are wrapping up free agency, looking ahead to the draft on this edition of the Can't Wait podcast. We'll also check in on the other teams in the AFC East. What did they do during free agency? How did Joe Douglas do? What's left to do? All of that. Tim McMaster here along with Connor Hughes and Marissa. Wait for it. Done. Marissa <laughs> Dunn back on the show. Has the Thanks Twitter handle changed? I just realized the Twitter handle hasn't changed yet. That's so Morris. Here's my predicament. I did change my name on Twitter, but I don't know like how like if I change my handle, will that be like kind of confusing? Well, I think it's I, fine. You don't have a blue check mark. That's the good yeah. thing. Like if you have a blue check mark and you change your handle, you lose it. Okay. So you don't have to worry about that. Well, then I'm good. And it's like, I got Marissa underscore Morris like very early in the Twitter days. Now I'm going to have to like probably add some numbers to Marissa Dunn. So I'm still in the works of that. I did change my Instagram handle, but. um. Oh, yeah, you have just Marissa Morris. You're right. That. Oh, yeah. That hurts. I got like really lucky. Tough to I, give that up. Yeah. So I'm still in the whole process. I actually have my social security form right here to actually legally change my name and do that oh yeah process. i gotta ask her to She's do that because really brie and i are in the process of doing all that stuff we had like two trips planned so she didn't want to like call like she wanted to change her name now because of all like the yeah stuff yep. you know all that fun shebang so she's like oh i'm not going to change it yet so she's changed it on all social media handles she just needs to change it on non-social yeah. media i've handles. started the process like legally changing it and let me tell you it is quite the process but um i'm excited to be back and i missed you guys it was a nice time off. So I'm grateful for Tim picking up the producing slack. I, you know, leaving Tim with Connor is quite the big, uh, big task. So thanks Tim for handling him. Well, hi, hey, was... we, we were on time every day, I know. every we were, day. We and you come today. back and we're, we're late. We're I know. late. The we were on time today. We were just, we were chatting, chatting some, uh, you know, catching up on things. So um yeah i'm happy to be back it's it went really quick and man did i come back to a lot of news all across the nfl so uh ready to ready to hear how joe douglas has been doing with the jets free agent signings 
for sure. Well, we can't get to that just yet. How was how was Hawaii? Oh, it was incredible. It was very hard to come back. So we went to Maui, um, and it was absolutely beautiful. We uh, we went kayaking. We went snorkeling. I told this story on Birds with Friends yesterday, but um, Michael and I just picture Michael and I in a kayak together. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so Michael, three hundred fifteen pounds in the back. Me, 115 pounds in the front. I was basically like airborne. So you were like low riding. What's that like? Old, like all the old like pimp my ride where like yeah. the, the back pops up and the top goes? Basically, <laughs> I was in the air. Um, there was a few words exchanged about our um, paddling um, process. You know, like I was going one way, he was going the other. And I was like, I can barely reach the water because I'm out of the air. Um, <laughs> but I will say we did not flip the kayak. Like I'm very proud. I didn't even bring my phone because I was like, this thing is totally flipping at some point, like the weight distribution, just I, our coordinate, my coordination, really. I'm like, this is not going to go well, but we made it successfully out to see the turtles. So that was very cool. Um, yeah, it was an awesome trip. We ate a lot. Michael did um, a restaurant rankings. So if anyone is going to Maui, um, he will, will share that with you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a really good time. And uh, uh, I'm, happy to be back though. Like I really came back into a lot of news. So it's been, uh, I came back the end of last week, so it's been a little crazy so far, but, um, yeah, ready to get things rolling again, ready to be rocking and rolling Connor. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) You just missed the bets. The big jets news coming back on Wednesday. We did two shows last week, Monday and Tuesday. Uh, cause for the jets, two big signings on Monday, Lake and Tomlinson, the guard, uh, tight end CJ, Yuzuma, and then uh, two big signings on Tuesday, cornerback DJ Reed, safety Jordan Whitehead. After that, it was quieter, some smaller moves. Um, but overall, Connor, when you look at this whole thing, I guess Jacob Martin's the other name that kind of stands out. But overall, you look at this group of players, uh, and it's typical Joe Douglas, right? No big names, yep. none of those star players, but productive players that are going to fill a hole for this team. Yeah, look, man, I, I think what we've kind of – well, we look when and we talked about this a little bit ago. Uh, I can't really free agency the week of the first week of free agency so blends together in like the worst ways possible that it's like I kind of forget what I've said and where I've said it. So you just kind of have to figure it out as we go along. But at some point between when free agency started and when free agency ended, is I I thought that this offseason would be a big one, be a big one for Joe Douglas in terms of figuring out what kind of general manager he's going to be because. You know, your first year as GM, you can kind of do, for the most part, whatever you want because you're on the honeymoon. It's your vision. No one's going to doubt you. Everyone's going to trust you. Everyone's going to believe in you. And and that's exactly what Joe Douglas did his first offseason where he made very little splash signings. He made very little um, big boom contracts. Nothing crazy. Nothing that really rocked the boat. It was, we're going to build through the draft and free agency is what we'll use to supplement our roster. And then year two came around And he was a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more active when he went out and he signed Corey Davis and he went out and he signed Carl Loss and he went out and he got Jared Davis, who was a player that while he didn't contribute too much last year, he was a player that the Jets were very excited about, a player they prioritized signing. And so he was a guy that was a, or that was an offseason where it was like, okay, he was a little more aggressive, which then set the stage for this year three. And I honestly thought going into this one that coming off a record of six and 27 over the last two years, uh, Woody Johnson returning from the United Kingdom. um, I thought that we were going to see Joe operate almost as if he had a little bit of a 
fire lit under his seat, that he wasn't on the hot seat, that he wasn't nearly about to get fired, that he wasn't wasn't somebody that was like, oh, man, this could be the last year of my job. We're going to be in trouble. Oh, man, I need to do this. I need to do that. Not necessarily that, but somebody that realized that that he needed to make the Jets significantly better. And usually when you have general managers that feel that pressure to make a team significantly better in a short period of time, you go on these rampant free agent signing sprees. You play and hand out record-setting contracts to the top players on the market if they are deserving of it or they're not deserving of it. You make up the difference between a team that wants to go play for another team to decide to come to your team by paying more. You know, And I thought that we weren't going to get Joe Douglas to operate to the extreme that Dave Gettleman operated last year where he was handing out those absurd contracts to Dory Jackson and the absurd contracts to uh, uh, Kenny Galladay and, and players like that. But I thought we would have a more aggressive Joe Douglas. And instead, what I think we have all come to learn now, and, and it's and it's pretty safe to say this is going to be the case for as long as general manager uh, Joe Douglas is this team's general manager, is that he is always going to operate the same exact way. And you want to give him some credit and you want to give him some praise because he is willing to go down in the boat and on the ship of his beliefs. But he's just never, ever, ever going to be the general manager who pays a player more than what he believes that player is worth. Joe Douglas could have had BJ Hill. He could have had DJ Jones to solidify the interior of his, of his defensive line. He was not willing to pay those players more than what he believed they were worth. He was not willing to pay those players more to get them to turn down the Denver Broncos and Jones's case or the Cincinnati Bengals and Hill's case to go and play for the Jets. He wasn't willing to do it. He made them an offer that he thought was reasonable. He made them an offer that he thought fit the type of player that they were. And when those players found better options elsewhere, in their two cases, options to go back to teams and the Broncos that are going to be a contender and the Bengals, a team that just went to the AFC or went to the Super Bowl and won the AFC championship, he let them go and he pivoted to a contingency plan, which is going to be in the NFL draft. He was involved and in the sweepstakes for Amari Cooper. But when the Cowboys were not willing to make the trade contingent on a reworked contract, he said, okay, we're going to go to the contingency option, which is going to be the NFL draft. They were involved in Marcus Williams. But when they realized that they were going to have to pay him 16, 17, $18 million a year to get him to turn down the Ravens who are a contending team, they pivoted to Jordan Whitehead and they'll find somebody else in the NFL draft. That's just how Joe Douglas is going to work. He's going to be aggressive in filling needs which is exactly what he did. CJ Uzoma is going or Uzma is going to fill a need at tight end, right? Lakin Tomlinson is going to fill a need at right guard. Martin is going to fill a need as a situational pass rusher. Reed is going to fill a need at corner. Whitehead's going to fill a need at safety. These guys are going to fill needs at positions where the Jets needed players. However, they are not stars. They are not top market free agents. None of them are, with the exception you can maybe maybe make for Tomlinson. But when you look at the contracts that the Jets handed out for these guys, they aren't top of the market contracts. So for as long as Joe Douglas is this team's GM, for as long as he's calling the shots, for as long as he's running the show here, it's always going to be the same offseason. He's never going to hand out record-setting contracts to B-list free agents. He's going to try to find his value. That's what he found in Reed. That's what he found in Whitehead. That's what he found in Tomlinson. That's what he found in Martin. That's what he found in um, uh, the, the other tight end they signed, whose name's escaping me. I always want to say Wilson, but it's not Wilson. Conklin. Um, Conklin, yes, thank you. I don't know why I keep thinking his last name is Wilson. I think I'm thinking of Luke Wilson, the tight end for the Seahawks. I don't know why I keep thinking that, but Conklin. Uh, all of these players 
are not game changing players. They're not, they're not studs. They're not stars. They're not pro bowl players with the exception of Tomlinson, but what they are is good football players and they're good football players at positions that the jets needed to fill. So this is what he's going to do and, and where the jets are going to find their stars, where they're going to find their studs is the NFL draft. And if Joe Douglas has another draft like 2021, that's going to be a really good thing for the jets. If he has another draft like 2020, we're going to be talking about this team being in search for another general manager next year. There was also some re-signings of note. Uh, Braxton Berrios, we talked about that, Connor, last week and, and how really a surprise it is in a way that his his money made sense for the Jets. It wasn't as much as some people had rumored. Uh, they bring back Nathan Shepard to help out online, Dan Feeney. And one guy we didn't talk about last week because I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, Joe Flacco. The Jets have an experienced backup quarterback in place now. Not in yeah. like September, not in October, not in November, but they have one and he's a guy who's familiar with the team and ready to go for the offseason. That is exciting. Yeah, and it's that not just him. They also were able to tender Mike White, which we kind of knew was going to happen. You know, in the Jets, perfect scenario, Mike White. The legend of Mike White will grow. Oh, yeah, yeah, just just I this this is my prediction and you guys can can clip this one and play it back once OTA's mini camp and training camp starts going through. But every single time. Robert Sala and Michael LaFleur talk now during OTAs, during minicamp and during training camp. Just watch how they unsolicited bring up Mike White because they are going to bring up how good Mike White is looking. They're going to bring up how, how well Mike White's playing. They're going to say, wow, you know, he's really coming to his own. Like he looks even better. They are just going to boost up this kid and boost up this kid and boost up this kid. Very, very similar to what the Patriots did with Ryan Mallett not too long ago just trying to get everyone to think like, wow, the Jets got someone. Man, you know what? Look what that kid did early against the Colts. Look what he did that entire game against the Bengals. Now he's having a great training camp. And if Mike White can somehow string together two or three really impressive training camps, or uh, not training camp, preseason games, if he can look good in those preseason games, the Jets are going to try to flip that dude for like a third or a fourth round pick. Like, just watch. They, they are all, it is I mean, so going to happen. And it's like, whether he fourth? looks good or bad. That's oh, bold. Hey, they oh, got a fifth you... for Blake Cashman, which we should get into too. Yeah, seriously. At that True. point, I sh I'm I'm selling Joe Douglas short when I talk about that pick. But no, so, <laughs> Marissa, I'm not kidding. That, I mean, look, he's a he's a young quarterback that has a good game film, like has a has a good game of tape. I mean, look, this is how many like uh, Matt Flynn turned like seven jobs off of two games with the Packers. Like that dude looked good for two games against the Packers. His own offensive coordinator in Green Bay got a job in Miami, needed a quarterback. Matt Flynn was a free agent. He's like, yeah, I'm not touching that one. So like that was red flag number one, but all of these teams kept signing him because of what he did in two games. Mike White had his Mike White game, Mike White hysteria for an entire one to two months of last year. If he suddenly the Jets start talking him up and, and boasting him and all this stuff during uh, OTA's minicamp training camp, and then he has a couple of good preseason games, I guarantee you they would be able to flip him for at least a fourth round pick. Now, granted, if he sucks in training camp and all of us are watching him and we're like, uh, no, he actually looks pretty bad, like what happened with Ryan Mallett. And then he gets to the preseason games and he looks poor like Ryan Mallett. Then obviously the trade's not going to happen. You're not going to get a fourth or a third or anything like that. But if he can string together a couple good preseason games combined with the coach talking him up and us writing about what the coach says, watch. I guarantee you the Jets are going to try to flip that guy. But the Flacco thing is so fascinating to me and so interesting to me because how often last year during OTA's minicamp training camp, did Sala and LaFleur and Douglas all tell us about how you don't need the veteran quarterback? You don't need him. No, we're fine. We've, we've got the two guys now. We've got James Morgan. We've got Mike White. We've got Zach Wilson. Experience is so 
it's so irrelevant. It's so not needed. Don't worry about it. The quarterback room is fine. It's going to be great. You know, Mike White's played before. He's been in the league. That's fine. We don't need the veteran. We don't need it. Suddenly, they get they uh, Zach Wilson goes down. They immediately trade for Joe Flacco. And Robert tells us at the end of the season about how Joe Flacco is a priority re-sign for the Jets. So, I mean, it's the whole thing is like it's sometimes it's what it's what you think and what you know is actually the truth. And you got to see through the coach speak and you got to see through the bullshit and you got to see through like what it actually is and what they're trying to portray. The Jets in the very beginning always wanted a veteran quarterback. They always wanted to have a veteran quarterback in there to rear Zach Wilson because guess what? It helps the young quarterback. When you have a veteran quarterback, somebody who has been there and done that, even if they're not the Josh McCown type, right? Because Josh McCown was literally like a coach in the quarterback room for Sam Darnold. You don't need that. But with Joe Flacco, a guy who has played in this league 10 plus years, has been a, a Super Bowl champion, has been a Super Bowl MVP, has been somebody that many people considered one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL for an extended period of time. Never the best, but one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL for an extended period of time. There's a way that he goes about his business. No, he's not physically the same player that he was eight years ago. No, he's not athletically the same player he was 10 years ago. He's not the same quarterback that he was 10 years ago. But the way that he studies film, that's how he did it 10 years ago. The way that he practices, it's how he did it when he was in his prime. The way that he studies film is how he did it in his prime. So even if he's not saying, you know, hey, Zach, come here, like get underneath my shoulder, get underneath my arm. I'm going to show you ex exactly what we're doing here. Look, you want to. Zach can sit there in the same meeting room and just watch Joe operate and watch Joe go throughout his emotions and watch Joe practice and learn and pick up on things because Joe is a veteran quarterback who has done this for a very long time and had success at this for a very long time. It would have been the same thing if the Jets were able to get Nick Foles in here as it would have been Joe Flacco or any other established veteran. The issue was that as soon as Joe Flacco went to uh, as soon as Joe Flacco went to, to the Eagles because he wanted a chance to start over Jalen Hurts, and as soon as Nick Foles made it pretty clear that he didn't want to play for the for, for the Jets, it was like, well, who's the veteran we're going to go get? They were never going to go get Mullins. Like, you're not going to learn anything from Mullins. They were never going to go get Gardner Minshew because you're really not going to learn anything from Gardner Minshew. Like, there was no one else out there for them to go get, so they didn't go out and get anyone because they didn't see how it was going to benefit their team. They didn't see how not having a veteran quarterback would benefit the team like they tried to portray. There was just no veteran quarterback for them to go out there and get. But now, like, once they got Flacco and suddenly Salah's like, oh, it's the best thing. Like, he's brought so much. Zach has learned so much. He's so valuable. Absolutely, I'm going to pound the table to make sure we bring Joe Flacco back. Now they bring him back on, like, three, three and a half million dollars, whatever that deal was. It's like, you know what? Maybe the media knew something when we were asking you all throughout OTA's minicamp and training camp. Don't you need a veteran quarterback in here? Shouldn't you get a veteran quarterback? Wouldn't it be helpful to get a veteran quarterback? Like we all knew it. It was it was obvious to anyone who watched this team. Now the Jets have it, and hopefully it helps Zach Wilson out. Yeah, hopefully. And I think it is good that it's the same guy that was there for the second half of last year, as far as continuity and and all of that with Zach Wilson. That the relationships already built. Um, those are good things. All right. So you kept mentioning it in in the first part of the podcast about what they got, which was. Okay, we'll now address that in the draft. We'll address that in the draft. We'll address that in the draft. So let's talk about that and the draft and what needs to be addressed. Um, maybe not the number four pick, but when you think about biggest needs, receiver Connor stands out and the number 10 pick would probably make a lot of sense. But when you look at the guys, everyone has kind of said like the stud star number one receiver isn't in this draft. And while that may be true, when you think about this specific offense, 
there is a guy that makes a lot of sense, right? Like this offense, what Michael LaFleur is looking for in Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State do yeah. make sense, even if he's not the obvious, like number one going to step right in day one and be a star player in the NFL. Yeah, it's just it's the problem is that there's no like it's it's not even like there's not a number one receiver. Like you might be able to find like a uh uh a, a guy who makes a couple Pro Bowls. Like like Garrett Wilson yeah. might be a player that in the right offense he can make some Pro Bowls. Or or you might have a guy who is who is routinely over eleven and twelve hundred yards receiving. You know what I mean? But it's just there's not you might find like a, a perfect example is you might find an Amari Cooper in this draft. I don't know if Amari Cooper has ever been considered a top five receiver in the NFL. I don't know that. I, I know he's been considered one of the better receivers in the NFL. He's never been a top five receiver. The problem is, is over the last several seasons and over the last several drafts, I should say, there's always been a couple players, a couple receivers picked where you're like, that guy's just a stud. Like just like like Chase, like Chase and, and Devonta Smith coming out of this year's draft. Everyone knew, every talent evaluator knew those guys were number one receivers. Like they were going to be bona fide, no doubt, number one receivers that were going to make legitimate differences. Chase was a several tiers above everyone else, but Smith was right in there. There is no Chase in this year's draft. There is no Devonta Smith in this year's draft. I was told by somebody that if Elijah Moore was in this year's draft, he would be a top 15 pick. So like that's kind of what you're looking at is the players. That Where would Denzel Mims go in this year's draft? I just like to get a Denzel Mims mention in every podcast. Yeah, keep let, let people continue. Yeah, I saw, I saw, uh, uh, I think it's Justin Gray. I think was starting. He's him and uh, Justin Gray and, and NYJ Matt are like on the back on the Denzel Mims bandwagon. I swear to God, if I start getting my you know what ripped apart because I, I criticized Denzel for for getting reps with the tenth team offense in, in OTAs and minicamp, <laughs> I'm gonna lose my mind with those two guys. Like that's it, you guys. I'm, I'm blocking both of you. If you guys start this Denzel Mims movement and then start coming at me when he stinks. Um, but no, like I, I think that that's what you need to take into consideration. So there's no Chase. There's no Smith. There's no Odell Beckham. There's no Mike Evans. There's none of those guys in this year's class. And that's not you all know. My, you know I feel like I just need to like pull the paper out and read it again. I'm not a scout. I don't pretend to be a scout. But I talk to people who do this for a living and then trust what they say. With that said receiver is absolutely a position that the jets need to address they address they cannot go into next year with just Corey davis elijah moore and braxton barrios and denzel mims and if they bring back um keelan cole like like you just don't you don't it's not going to work like it's just it's it's just it's they, they need another x receiver out there so they're going to have their choice and and in my opinion it kind of comes down to two guys it's it's garrett wilson or it's london the kid out of usc and it's just about what mike lafleur wants to add to his offense we had Dane on the show not long ago, a couple of weeks ago, who talked a lot about Garrett Wilson. And he said, if you're looking for the player who is tailor-made for Michael LaFleur's offense, it's Garrett Wilson because he's shifty and elusive. He's an incredible route runner. He can stretch the field, but he's also a very um, elusive in space. He can play outside. He can play inside. And he's incredible yak. His yards after the catch is great. That's something that he excels in. That's something that he's great at. That's, 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 that's what he does. So... Is he a X receiver? Is he a 13, 1400, 1500 yard a year guy? I don't know. But from a talent perspective, I think he can be a really good NFL receiver, a really, really good NFL receiver. And if you add a really good NFL receiver to a trio of very good pass catchers, which the Jets believe they have in Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, well, no one's really getting the double coverage because you don't know who to double cover on every particular play. So 
I think that, that Garrett Wilson is the one that's like interesting because he's the perfect fit for the offense. The other one that I'm fascinated by is London because London is more of like that big bodied physical 50, 50 ball, go up and get it out muscle guy. And, and he would bring a different type of player to the offense. Cause you have Corey Davis, who's a pretty good route runner, very reliable hands generally, except for this past year, which was a little unique, but you've got Corey Davis, you got Elijah Moore who can then play the slot, and then you put London outside as like that big physical presence. That gives you three different types of receivers all in one offense. So I'll say that it's that none of these guys are are in play at number four. Uh, the, at number four, the Jets are either going to go with an offensive lineman or a pass rusher. Um, but I think at number 10, that's when Garrett Wilson, London, I think those are two dudes that that could really, really big in play. I know I, know I, see, I see it in my Twitter mentions all the time. I see it in the athletic comment section all the time. I don't believe the DK Metcalf is an option just because I don't think the DK Metcalf's on the trade block. Uh, Seattle, while they got rid of Russell Wilson, I don't think Seattle's willing to like say we're rebuilding. Like they're they're not blow it up, rebuild it. I mean, that's that's just not something I think they're doing. Not something that, from my understanding, they're trying to do. They're trying to use these picks that they just got from um, uh, these Denver the Denver Broncos. Get these picks they got from the Denver Broncos and just fill out the team again and make themselves a pretty good team to compete. So. I don't think the DK Metcalf's available. I don't know if DK Metcalf, I mean, he's kind of got, you've seen it a little bit in Seattle that he's a guy where if he's not getting the amount of targets that he wants a game and Seattle's not having success, uh, he tends to have a little rants and, and some, some temper tantrums down there on the sideline. And I don't know how that would work if the jets win five games next year and, and Zach Wilson starts to struggle. I, I don't know if he would necessarily be the perfect fit, but I don't even, I, from what I understand, I don't even think he's on the trade block. So the Jets need their receiver. Where is that receiver going to come? I think that wideout's coming in the uh, the NFL draft at number 10, and it's either going to be Wilson or London. All right, more on the draft and the rest of the AFC East coming up after this short break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Oh, we have some we have some big news coming in. And thanks to the chat for um, sharing it. Uh-oh. According to Ian Rappaport, another blockbuster trade coming despite an offer from the Chiefs that would make superstar Terry Kill one of the highest paid receivers. Extension stop. Talks have stalled, and Kansas City has now given Hill's agent permission to seek a trade. Ooh, another receiver on the mark. Now, the question with Tyreek Hill, though, is like, isn't Tyreek Hill so what much the Jets my want <laughs> Isaiah Moore to be, Connor? I mean, what? He's a little receiver that can play, you know, does all the little different things. That's not what the Jets are looking for. They so already dynamic. think they have I that mean, guy. Well, he's quite good yak. I mean, we saw that yes. in that playoff That's game. True. So. Uh, I need to do my homework on that one because the one th- the one thing that I will say, and this is this is something that as long as Christopher Johnson and Woody Johnson own this team, especially over the last five to ten years when Christopher Johnson really took over, is that they will never pursue somebody that has questionable background when it comes to um, abuse. And so there was some of that with with Hill with like where his girlfriend had that audio of like him going after his kid and stuff like that and like 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 ripping up his kid. And again, I, I don't follow 
the chiefs enough or Hill enough to like, know if that's been, I get like, I, he's still playing, but like, that doesn't mean anything in the NFL. As long as you can play football, they're going to find a way to get you back on the field. Case in point to Sean Watson. But like, that was one reason why after these allegations came out, the jets were never going to pursue him. Like I, I heard from somebody like they were never like, if this was say like they didn't draft Zach Wilson. Right. And Zach Wilson went to like, they rolled, rolled it back with Sam Darnold. Everyone realized what we realized from the beginning, which is that Sam Darnold stinks. And then Watson was available. The Jets were never going to be in the market for Sean Watson this year. They were not. Like what the allegations and all that stuff, whether he was criminally processed or not, there was enough there where they were like, we're out. Like that's not something we're going to be in on. We're out. I don't know if the Hill stuff is going to be similar to that. Again, I, I'm finding out about him being on the market right now. So I have done no homework. I haven't done any texting. I haven't done any talk. I haven't reached out to pick brains and stuff like that. I will tell you that the on in four days, right? Thursday, Friday, three days, I'm flying to West Palm Beach for the NFL owners meetings. So Christopher is going to be there and Woody's going to be there and Robert's going to be there and Joe's going to be there. And all of them, with the exception of maybe Woody, are going to be made available to the to the media. Um, so we'll find out for sure if the Jets are in on that there. But I mean, that's a dynamic player, a dominant player, and he would be a great fit for the offense and, and absolutely a stud. And the Jets have the picks to make something happen there. Again, my only question is, would Christopher and Woody sign off on that? And I, I don't know because I haven't done any homework. Like I said, I had no idea this dude was available until literally right now. But um, if Christopher and Woody are willing to sign off on it, then I see no reason why the Jets wouldn't go and pursue the guy. I mean, he's a dynamic player. And the one thing that I will say is looking over all of these contracts, and I know this from talking to somebody in the Jets building, the one thing that the reason why they have structured the contracts the way that they have, because all of these deals that they have signed, they have signed Tomlinson, Reed, um, uh, everyone like, uh, like Whitehead, all of the guys that they've added, they all have very small cap hits in year one. Like that year one cap hit is very, very, very small. The big cap hits come next year and the year after 2023, 2024, the 2022 cap hit is very, very, very tiny, very, very tiny. And the reason they did it that way was they wanted the flexibility to jump on a trade and acquire a player if they saw the right player to do that. That's why they were in on Chandler Jones. They were going to be able to get a guy because they structured these deals the same way where they could absorb a big cap hit this year. That's why if they wanted to be on Danielle Hunter, although that $18 million roster bonus was so egregious, they couldn't really get anything done there, but they could have been in on Daniel uh, Danielle Hunter. They can now be in on Tyree Kill if they want to be on Tyree Kill because of how they've structured these contracts. Now, will they? I don't know. Again, I haven't done my homework. And I don't like talk like I don't like being the guy that like at the end of the day, and this is the truth, unless it's a column, my opinion does very little to help viewers and readers and listeners. Like it really doesn't. Like what I think the Jets should do and what the Jets are going to do. I mean, they're two different things, and what they're going to do. And what they want to do is of more value, right? At least that's the way I think about it is because if I can tell you what the Jets are going to do or what the Jets are going to try to do or what the Jets want to do, it's of more value to you because you find out how your team's actually operating. You can agree or disagree with it, but at least you know why they're doing what they're doing and what they want to do and all that stuff. My opinion, who gives a shit? I don't run the Jets. I'm not signing checks. I'm not the GM. I'm not the head coach. So, you know, I just kind of try to find that stuff out and tell you guys. So I'll, I'll do my homework as soon as this podcast is over and send some texts out and see if I can't dig up uh, some background on it. It's interesting too, just to think about what what it would take on the draft side as we discuss this draft right now, right? Like, what's that? 
I don't know. I mean, he wants a new contract, right? So you got to pay him. So right. I don't think 10. I don't I don't know if 10, maybe 10 would. Maybe it would take the 10th overall pick. But if yeah. you're talking about, okay, you're going to draft Garrett Wilson at number 10, or you can trade that same pick and go get Tyree Kill. I mean, that's why are you? Yeah. yeah, why are you? I mean, how old is he? He's, he's still young, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's still in his right. 20s. Hey, he's 28. So you still got at least four years left of this. So it's, it's you know, yeah. Uh, let's speak about that number four pick, though. Uh, you mentioned a little earlier, you know, pass rusher or line if both are available at number four which is it seems like one is more likely you know one of them will be available not both but there's possible that there's one lineman there and Thibodeau um which direction do the Jets go in that case is it does Robert Sala win out as the guy who always wants the pass rush or does Joe Douglas who loves building up those those offensive lines uh does he win out yeah, so I, I had a lot of people because uh, Rich Samini uh, at ESPN wrote about Thibodeau and what what some of the scouts that he talked to were saying about him, right? Where they have concerns about his off field interests and they, how he concerns about this and how he's concerns about that and and would he actually be a, a player? And and I can tell you that that's not like Rich ain't lying. Like that that is that is absolutely talk that's out there. I mean, I had it confirmed at the Indian at the combine in Indianapolis. I talked to a couple agents who represent players at the same positional the same positional group. Who are obviously and you don't take it with a grain of salt, but they know the market because they're trying to figure out their players, and he's a market, he's a player in their market, so they're trying to figure out, and and they've like, yeah, oh no, I've talked to people and general managers who have that excuse. I talked to a scout who said the same thing. I've talked to others in the field or uh, in the scouting, I, without divulging who, like the other in the scouting who have who have said very similar things. But what's so polarizing about Thibodeau is that some people are worried about it, and some people are not worried about it. Like some people have zero concerns with it. And some people have a lot of concerns about it. Some people would not draft him for this reason. Some people are like, who gives a crap? Like the one, the one person I was talking to that really didn't have an issue with, with him in any way, shape or form was um, the reason they stated is he goes, he's, he's just into branding. Like, it's just like, he likes branding. Like he likes his brand. He's into his Brown. He's into Kayvon Thibodeau being the football player and also having that brand outside of it and being marketable. And, and that's one of the reasons why he'd probably be so good in New York is because he'd be, have all those opportunities afforded to him. And, and I was like, well, is that a problem? And he goes, no, it's just that's today's athlete. That's like, I like, mean, with the NIL stuff in college, that's the new normal. Like yeah, every correct. single player that's is going to be like that because that's yeah. how they're going to get paid in college. Yeah, that's what this guy told me. Is that he said he goes, dude, because that's just branding. Like that's just every uh, the new athlete. That is that is the new athlete that they care about their brand and they care about it. Then he said, as long as he's in a building that has, you know, as long as he's in a building that has. Hold on, my editor just messaged me. Yes, because he messaged me. Here we go. Yes, the <laughs> Jets. Yeah. said the Jets and Dolphins are in serious talks to trade for Tyreek Hill. Per well, here we go. Well, it looks like we're gonna have. This is what live breaking news is like. This is fantastic. <laughs> Why don't you call up Joe and see if he'll join the podcast? Put it on speaker. <laughs> oh, let me try to confirm it. Uh, I might as well try to confirm it. Tim, Tim and Marissa, you guys talk for a second. Um, well, I will, you know, now that we're this. talking about the draft, um, Dane Brugler had um, a podcast out today with um, NFL.com draft analyst Lance Zerloin, which is on the Athletic Football Show feed and every Wednesday. So if you want to catch up on what's going on, with all things draft, um, they talked a lot about David Ajabo's injury, which is just heartbreaking to see, you know, a guy that's got a first round grade on and tears his Achilles at pro day, like really, really heartbreaking. So where that injury will impact his draft status, um, they 
give their takeaways from several of the big pro days. Um, they also talked about the um, Deshaun Watson trade and the uh, how it impacts this year's draft. So if you want to hear more about the draft, Dane Brugler is your guy, and he has the beast coming out in early yeah, April. Yeah, when does the beast come out? Right, Early April. Soon. He is yeah. working day and night on that thing, and I don't know how he gets it done. He's got four kids, um, twins, <laughs> twins under the age of one, so – Shout out to Dane and everything he is doing, but he will have you fully covered with all, all you need to know about every draft prospect before they head to Vegas at the end of April. With the uh, with how the was that stuff, feeling? Was that, that good? Was very, very good. Uh, with the Hill <laughs> stuff, what's interesting is we were we were going to talk about what the other teams in the division kind of did over this free agency period too, and suddenly now you have Hill available and Schefter saying it's Jets Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Um, an interdivision battle to to get him. Yeah, they're in on those him. Are, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, well, obviously, Schefter's not freaking lying. But if right, you want me to right. confirm it, that's confirmed. They're in on it big. Yeah. Okay. So that could I, I mean, it seems like this is moving incredibly quickly at this point. Yeah, it's like so. I'm not freaking leaving today, so that's gonna be fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Somebody go pick up Connor some lunch. So, so do you know like what it would take, Connor? They said there, Kansas City wants a first round pick. And they're seeking Probably a, quote, massive haul, according to Ian Rappaport. I mean, the fact that the Jets have the two first rounders just lines them up so perfectly for this, right? That they could they could actually trade 10 where they would probably take a receiver anyway, like you said, and they get him. And then they still have number four. I mean, whew, makes a lot of sense. Um, how do you want to handle this, Connor? I know you got a lot of work to do. We were just going to wrap yeah, we'll, up the rest we'll of the go. division, we'll, which we'll, we can uh... do down the road. So we could actually put a bow on this thing and – and let you get to work, or do you uh, do you want to keep? Um, just gonna send this tweet real quick. I just got to make sure I don't have any typos here. Hold on. <laughs> just an inside look at Connor's uh, Connor's source checking. That's funny. The Dol- the Dolphins in free agency. Uh, you know they they worked on the line. They got Teddy Bridgewater as as insurance at quarterback. Chase Edmonds. You know another weapon. Okay. Um, so they've done a lot for the offense. Um, and this would obviously be another huge pickup for for them and the Jets. We've we've kind of gone in on it. What do you got, Connor? Um, <laughs> sorry, it's like going back and forth with somebody now about this. Um, obviously, one person's radio silent. Of course, now you go fucking silent on me. Um, yeah. Connor, for the record, I did not see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's like yeah. So I start like picking my nose. Like so, so, true story. Like during free agency, Brie came home the first day of free agency, and my hair was like straight up. And she looks at me and she's like, "How many times have you run your hand through your hair today?" I was like, "You don't even want to know. Like you do not want to know." Um, I fucking saw the three dots, and I'm like, "Oh man, like what's that, what's that gonna say?" Uh, so here's the thing: when the Jets structured their contracts the way that they did, and I'll just go over this a little bit further. From actually, let me send one more text. <laughs> what a what a NFL free agency, man! You want on a two week honeymoon? Tell us more about that because that's what they want to do right now. My t- I just like can't even keep track. My head is just spinning. <laughs> I'm wondering if the chat agrees with me. Oh my gosh! Let's just talk about like. Man, the AFC Uh-oh. is yeah, just you guys probably aren't gonna like this one. Out of this world. Let's see what the chat has to say. I'll start reading. Yeah, hold on. I actually might have something here. I don't think people are gonna like it though. Oh. <laughs> the con the chat is just people cheering you on, Connor. If it if yeah, well, they're gonna start <laughs> booing me soon. 
Don't kill the messenger. How many times have we said it? I'll I'll say that while I'm waiting for. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I'm looking at them now. Two ones they want. One is not so optimistic. Somebody's not so optimistic that that's going to happen. I heard I'm I'm not holding my breath on that one. So I don't know if it's actually going to happen, but I will say they're in on it. I know, I, I know that they are in on it, but that's, this is a much more pessimistic tone than what I originally thought it was going to be um, real quick, but just about specifically the structure of these deals. When the jets pieced together their free agency and they went after and they pursued Reed and they pursued this guy and they pursued that guy. And they went throughout this entire process. They did so wanting to give themselves the flexibility to pounce. If there was an opportunity to pounce, so when they gave Tomlinson his contract, when you look at his contract, the cap hit for year one is nothing compared to next year. The same thing with Reed, the same thing with CJ, the same thing with Conklin, the same thing with every single free agent they've signed, with the exception of the one-year deals, which are basically vet minimum deals anyway. Um, with, with vet minimum, sorry, this is, this is what life is like when you're trying to track that information. Um, the way that... Uh, I'm trying to read. I actually don't even know what that means. Um, I just feel for all of Connor's teachers growing up. (laughs) (laughs) Asking Connor a question and then a kid in the back being like, Connor. As I can't multitask. So the reason why they structured all these contracts the way that they structured these contracts, like I said, is so that they have the flexibility right now. All of these cap is these big money deals. $10 $10 million annually, blah, blah, blah. They all have cap hits of like $4 million, $2 million, $3 million in year one. What the reason why the Jets structured those deals the way that they did is so that if there was an opportunity for them to pounce on a player, if there was an opportunity for them to go out there and get a player that they believe could significantly improve this roster, they would do so. And they had the flexibility to do so. This is that opportunity. So the opportunity is now there where the Jets have the flexibility to go out there and make that happen. They have the flexibility to go out there and acquire a player if they want to go out there and acquire the player. The big thing is right now, from, so the Jets are in on it. That's that I know for a fact. The Jet, the Jets are going to be in on this guy. That's but Schefter reported like it's. You don't need me to confirm Schefter. You can take that as a fact. If you want me to freaking confirm it, like yeah, I, I've just been told by three people that yeah, they're absolutely in on him. But what it's going to come down to is the kid. It's gonna it's going to come down to Tyree Kill. Does Tyree Kill want to go play for the Miami Dolphins in Miami, or does he want to come play for the New York Jets in New York? What does Tyree Kill want? That's what it's on. The Jets are going to put their offer out there. The Jets are going to go pursue him, and if he chooses the Jets then he's going to go to the Jets. They're not going to overpay. They're not going to change it up. It's very, very similar to when they went after Chandler Jones. The Jets put an offer on the table for Chandler Jones. The Jets pursued Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones chose to go play for the Las Vegas Raiders. He did not choose to come play for the Jets. The Jets are going to put a package together for the Kansas City Chiefs. That package is obviously based off of what you just saw where they want a new contract. It's going to be contingent on Hill signing a new contract. So the Jets are going to put a contract out there for Tyreek Hill. They're going to put draft picks out there for Tyree Kill, and then it's going to be on Tyree Kill. Do you want to go to the Miami Dolphins or do you want to go to the New York Jets? The Jets are very much in this. The Jets have a chance to go out there and get him, but it's going to come down to the kid. Does he want New York or does he want Miami? And then it's all the things that we bring up, right? Uh, sales tax or, or 
uh, income tax, Florida, zero, New York, way too much, Crazy. Um, all the, all the little things, but then it's New York and the chance to, to be a star and all that. And we've talked about, is that a real thing anymore? And, and all that, there's so many things to take into account, uh, the weather, the fact that he's from, I think Georgia, I read he's from, so does that matter to him? Um, yeah, a lot to, a lot to digest and it seems like it's moving really quickly for sure. Um, yeah. Cool. So yeah, should we? Um, look, honestly, it? yeah, we might as well just wrap it now. And then when this happens or doesn't happen, we're going to, I mean, look, if they trade for this guy, we're going to be coming back and doing a show. So it's, it's, right. it's going to be, you know, a, a two for Tuesday. Um, but oh no, it's Wednesday. Whoops. Okay. Two for Wednesday. <laughs> Sorry. Like now this is like, I'm, I can't multitasking. You guys are seeing what it's like when I multitask right now. <laughs> and Marissa cool. has to somehow make you sense of the it corner. All, but... I got the two monitors. So I have iMessage up one on one and I got like four text messages going at once, like trying to like track down the validity of this because again what a lot of people do say is say jets for clicks like the jets are in it whether they get them though comes down to tyree kill and we'll see what he chooses all right well we will be back with you if that happens if for the record i'd rather play jets with for Zach sure. wilson than freaking tua tua is not good tua stinks and there, that's, that's another but, thing yeah the quarterback however i do love money and money the big thing with money is that it's, it's you get more for your you get more bang for your buck down in florida so we'll see we will see, and we'll be back with you if they make the move. Um, but keep track of it through Connor on Twitter. Make sure you're joining The Athletic. If you haven't yet, $1 per month for six months right now. Theathletic.com slash can't wait. Uh, thanks for joining us for what has been a, a wild can't wait podcast. From YouTube not working to the Tyreek Hill rumors to Marissa returning from her honeymoon. It's been a lot. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you again next time.